My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Colin. And for this particular episode, we're going to talk about Ahsoka Part 7, Easter Eggs, and we're going to break down the episode for everyone right now. Yes. Thank you to all of our awesome supporters out there, everyone that's watches on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and especially our awesome support on Patreon. You can get to Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187 and sign up there if you choose. On Purple Tier, we have Darth Ace 1, Liam McCallion, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters. Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526 and Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Talatala, Nathan Shank, and Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much to all those people that support the podcast. It helps us out tremendously. So without further ado, I'm going to share my screen, and we're going to go 10 second by 10 second increment, as Disney Plus allows us to do, and uh, talk about this awesome penultimate episode dreams and madness ahsoka part seven and this is basically the land of dreams and madness here uh the arrival of course we got thrawn in the previous episode his uniform very tattered you know in rebels we saw them collide or leave connected to purgle into hyperspace along with ezra and a multitude of stormtroopers. Just the the creature development, the world building from last episode on Pretty, it was terrific. I think the other great thing about all these new characters and stuff going on is that it kind of bounces off real life material. And we'll definitely talk about it later, but you've got you've got Balin and you've got Shin who who have very similar backgrounds to some characters from Norse mythology, which I think is very interesting. And I feel like Star Wars is getting very biblical lately, which is very points all signs to what we're going to have in the future, which we've talked about in the past and in in the past episode. But uh, I just think that we're in for a treat. But Coruscant, Coruscant, I'm excited. And immediately I was like, oh, no, we're going to go through a trial. This is a good trial episode. And there we see Hera on trial uh, before Chancellor Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see a Celestin there, and initially I didn't see, but the Celestin actually has facial hair. I and 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 I said that too, and I was like, "Oh, well, you said it, mutton chops." I was looking for. That, mut- I was like, "I don't remember mutton chops." That is mutton anyone. chops, my dude. That's going down all. Yeah, that's but the Celestin has totally different anatomy from a human being, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird that there was hair in there, but yeah, I know. I, I digress. Know. And yeah, so you see in this uh, hearing, uh, you see Chopper in there. You see an Athorian in the back left, a hammerhead. And of course, you have Senator Ziono, yep. uh, Kaz's dad from the animated show Resistance. And you see, see an Ishi Tib in the back and also another Mon Cal. Why who, on uh, earth are you not talking about the great Admiral? I don't know why you're just kind of gracing over it, man. That's Admiral well, Akbar. No. There no, are, that is a hundred percent confirmed, dude. That's Admiral Akbar. He's wearing the exact costume for Return of the Jedi. Well, they all have similar costumes. 
But David. his insignia, his insignia is a New Republic general. If you look at his badge there, not right. an admiral. Yeah, he's changed. That is, uh, dude. That is Admiral Akbar. That is Admiral Akbar. I, I, I will take that to my grave. <laughs> they would not throw him up there next to. They would not throw him up there next to Mon Mothma, especially having, which I posted a picture by the way on Instagram, and their costumes are identical. Uh, the only thing that is different is his insignia, which is totally you know understandable but if you look at the other Moncala in return of the jedi they are all wearing different uniforms look boom that is a normal Moncala. that right here is admiral akbar the only thing that is different is his ranking everything else looks the exact same including his outfit so if you think that's not admiral akbar you're crazy i'm just... what's the higher rank is it admiral or general general well so Something you have to understand is that the ranking in Star Wars is different than what we have, you know, in real life. Be because in the Clone Wars, they kind of made that clear because at one point, I guess a sergeant was a higher rank than a lieutenant or something like that. And it, and it just it, it, it didn't make sense. So the ranking is different in Star Wars. But yeah, already that's new to me. And we have Hera right in the middle. And if you notice, she's not; she doesn't have her goggles on, which is interesting. I don't think we've seen that in live action. And we have a another different shot uh, that shows Carson Teva back there sitting next to Chopper. And we have Senator Ziono basically pushing back on everything that Harris says. And he references Starwells. Uh, he references other things that are fantastical that we all know that have happened, that we've all seen. But he's trying to discredit Hera. What his deal is, I don't know. I don't know if it's something carrying over from Resistance, what kind of grudge he has, or what. It's strange. Uh, but I think we, we've we all experienced these type of people in our lives. That just like, no matter what you say, how much proof you have, no matter how good a reputation experience you have, you're always going to have someone fighting you on stuff like this. To me, this is very reminiscent of what we get in Harry Potter of where Ministry of Magic is just like, oh, yeah, Lord Voldemort's not back. Don't worry about yeah. it. And all the signs are pointing there, but no one wants to believe it until the worst happens. And sure enough, a man has to die in order for them to finally get it through their brains that, oh, my gosh. He's returned. So right. something something bad is going to happen. I just I, I got a feeling something bad is going to happen in the finale and it's going to change the course of the Mandoverse going forward. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. And I love the fact that Harris stands up to him and she says right there in the captions, the possibility of what might happen or your unwillingness to see it. He doesn't look happy. <laughs> yeah, he fights back. And of course, we get 3PO back. And of course, he's tied into General Sindula via Rogue One. And I know course... we talked about the potential of it being uh, Chris Barlett, but then Chris Barlett posted a picture of Anthony Daniels, which is a picture I've never seen before. So I assume that that's Anthony Daniels. Uh, I'm not sure about that one either. Oh, uh, really? Because, yeah, I believe that might be an older picture. Okay. So I maybe we need to message Chris Bartlett. 
and yeah. ask him just straight up, hey, was that you in the 3PO? Because Chris Bartlett has done 3PO before. I actually met him this past weekend in person. Not for the first time, but at a convention because I've yeah. seen him at Star Wars Celebration. Terrific to get Anthony Daniels' voice as 3PO, which he does the voice for every incarnation of 3PO out there. And one of the interesting things that I picked up on right away is his neck. It's not shiny. And yeah. it's always been shiny. So that's like the first thing that jumped out at me. Yeah, he's he's moving his neck, his head pretty far back there. And, and that's odd a little bit. That's not throwing me off. I like felt like something was off, but I, I couldn't tell it was off, but now it makes sense. Yeah. And Fugio mentions Senator Organa, which is, of course, Leia. That's the second Leia name drop in the show? Yeah, and it's a clever way to get around the fact that you don't want to spend a whole lot of money deep faking Leia and get into that whole kind of debate of should we or should we not? And of course, with the whole strikes going on, the whole AI debate, it's just one of those things. So someone on Facebook right now is thinking that uh, Senator Ziono is an imperial loyalist. Yeah, that uh, would make a lot of sense. So yes and no is just we know where his story is going because he shows up in the Resistance show. I'm going to have to cut that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That theory down because we know he's not. Because well, he it turned. Mm, I'm just going to say he is very arrogant and he thinks that he's right. Oh, and okay. yeah, I just don't. To me, that would retcon the show. Have you watched the show, David? No, not really. Okay, I've yeah. seen the first few episodes and I was like, okay. yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so if if that was true, that would wreck on the show. And Ryan Fordham from YouTube says, love your work, guys. Listening from Perth, Western Australia. Hope to meet you at Star Wars Celebration 2025. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks for the shout there. Um, thanks for all uh, your listens and likes. And hopefully we do meet you at 2025. We, uh, we want to definitely try and get an official panel a Star Wars we, celebration. We will be there. We will 100% yeah. be there. Yeah. Anyways. And yes, uh, so Senator Leia says sends 3PO as like an envoy with a data card. Proof that she commissioned Hera's mission the whole time. It was all legitimate. And Xeno knows what's up. I love the fact that he has the data card. 3PO provides that as a proof. And of course, Xeno is not liking it very much. And I love this scene <laughs> yes. right here. It was hilarious, man. I laughed out loud. This is preposterous. The court cannot admit evidence of this kind from a mere droid. What? What? <laughs> yeah. And, what? Uh, and uh, <laughs> then Carson's like, dude, calm down. Do not commit any more war crimes right now. Just just don't. Just yeah. calm down. That was epic. Yeah, we get basically Mon Mothma kind of knowing that this isn't real. This is... This is kind of just um, some improvisation from Hera's camp here. I love the fact that Mon Mothma is just on the side of Hera and the Rebels because she is a Rebel. We all saw that in, in Rogue One. So this Facebook user says, does 3PO have a silver leg or is it gold now? I actually did look for that, and I think he has gold, gold ones. Yeah. 
it's it's changed below it's below lot. the kneecap, right? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah, they're both gold. Look, yeah, yeah, it's changed a lot. Just wait until Force Awakens, which there's a whole story about that, like of how he yeah, gets the red arm, was... which is very interesting. That was a very kind of odd adventure because I thought there was going to be some a bigger story around his red leg. You can read that a red in, arm. Yes, because <laughs> you can read that in a comic book, but also Star Wars Lego Force Awakens. You can actually play that level. There's like a, a DLC where you actually get to play that level of a 3PO on that adventure and he loses his arm. Right, right. Yeah. So you have Mon Mothma asking how real the threat of Thrawn is. Of course, Harris says, yeah, the threat is real. We got to yeah. hope for the best, prepare for the worst, which is one of the axioms of war, really. I mean, when, when you're anticipating a threat, I mean, you got to you got to get ready, be 100 percent prepared. We get the title Dreams and Madness. Of course, that's a phrase that Balin Skull used on a previous episode describing Pridia. I really love that title. And I'll never get tired of watching the purple Space fly Wild. through. Hyperspace like that in live action. Ah, love this scene. Yeah. She's training. She's getting prepared. And, and course, you just hear that line. And I'm just like, all right, great. There it is. Which a lot of people said that, oh, that's just a line that will end up, you know, not getting. It was just in the trailer just to promote. I'm like, no, Dave Filoni doesn't do anything just to do anything. People, people don't really realize this is that. When Dave Filoni puts something uh, in any type of project or promotion, it's going to pop up in some way. So I thought there's no way that that they would record that line and not have him do anything with it. So I was like, what was the line? This war is more than battle droids, Ahsoka, like of this whole like speech like that, that. That entire monologue was in a trailer. And people thought, and I think including you, maybe, thought that it wasn't going to pop up. Oh, I just threw it out there as an option. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, either way. Yeah, so no, I'm just like, dude, no. This will pop up. The name drops here, especially Assange Ventress. That's our first live action reference to her. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And his armor, his armor and his haircut, that really is from the first adventures when he brought on Ahsoka as his apprentice. Yeah, in the Clone Wars, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, so many great new references. I'm so excited. And then also, I'm excited because I'm going to be doing that version of Anakin and I don't have to get a wig. I can just grow up my hair. Yeah, dude, I think that's going to look awesome on you. I can't wait to see this version of Anakin on you. Uh, I'm so excited. I know uh, Star, Cap, and Christian, and Hunter are super, super pumped. Yeah, and even from the grave, Anakin is is training, which is a really cool concept. It's so cool. That's from the trailer, yeah. Ah, so good. They both bow to each other. It's awesome. And we get a we get some information here that there's twenty something of these of these holograms of Anakin training Ahsoka, and we see the actual box it's contained in, and it's right under the uh, training droids in the closet. There, we can see a little bit of that there. And if you look closely there, those are lightsabers. There's lightsabers in the middle and right above that. I think those are the training sabers that Hu Yang uses. Yes, and those actually look 
so those look similar to like the training lightsabers that they would have like at the Jedi Training Academy over at Hollywood Studios. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. And you get the helmets there too. The training helmets that make you blind. And we get a very, very almost like C-3PO OT kind of back and forth between Hu Yang and Ahsoka here. Can we get a audible version of David Tennant just kind of recapping the entire Star Wars universe? That would be great and it would be a great way to pay off the line that we got in the last episode of where he, you know... It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, that to me that harkens back to like my childhood when I would listen to cassettes with yeah. books on tape. David Tennant's voice as Hu Yang is very, very storytellerish. I mean, he's got yes. the perfect voice, and they it's perfect casting. And I love the fact that David Tennant is a huge Star Wars fan, and he'd be down for it. He would almost be like the Andy Circus. Uh, to Lord of the Rings, because Andy Circus is narrating all the books, the story yeah. and everything. Yep. I would be all up too. for David Tennant doing that for Star Wars. That would be a, a cool job, a cool role. Hopefully he's in Japan. I really want to see him there. Now. And these are just awesome visuals. Man, look at that. Love that. And Ahsoka detects that there's something wrong. And of course, like Theron said in the previous episode, attack any purgle that approach without prejudice and they lay out mines uh, heading towards prettier there and it seems like the purgle aren't really getting cut or really hurt that badly but yeah it's almost like just a nuisance almost those are big creatures i mean yeah. we we know that they go to the to the planet to you know kind of die as well so it's and it's not like they're being chopped up or anything i think they're dying of old age i think that's what the carcasses are mainly surrounding that planet for almost like how a well just beaches itself when yeah i believe they're just older and yeah and yeah this this space sequence with the mines and then the bones and then the fighters chasing them. This is this is all cinematic stuff. I love it. I, love I the TV show. I think the first thing that popped in my head when of 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 this scene right here of of where they're going through and they really can't see anything just reminded me of the uh, of when they made the castle run in uh, in Solo. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit of the uh, asteroid field and from Empire as well. Yeah. I immediately thought of that. This is a great line right here of where he ends up getting all the I, I think it's right here. It's where he end up he ends up getting all of the research about uh, about Ahsoka. And the first thing yeah. that kind of pops up in there is Anakin. And I love that. Check out his reaction when 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 he finds out that his the master was General Anakin Skywalker. And that says so much. That line says so much. Uh, yeah. That that whole reaction just says so much. And and people were like, "Why?" We talked about it in the last one, and it's going to be in an Instagram video tomorrow. Thrawn and Anakin have history, and it does involve Galaxy's Edge. Their adventure involves you know involves Galaxy's Edge. If you actually go to Ogus Cantina, you walk in there. There's a booth that has like a bunch of blaster marks. That's from a 
battle that Thrawn and Anakin had in that cantina during the Clone Wars. Awesome. I I, I love that small tie-in, and I love how they don't say it, but uh, but they say it without saying it. If that makes sense. I love yeah. that. And I love the the tactician that Thrawn is, and we get to see it on full display here. That he's he's a tactical genius, and he's doing the thing where I mean he knows he's going to lose more resources, and I think it ties back to when he ended up on Pridio and he lost a lot of resources by Ezra probably going through the Chimera and dispatching all the stormtroopers and what other mayhem may may have ensued and all the stuff all the, all the resources that he can't replenish out here in a different galaxy he lost so he's he's very very tactical in that way have them stand by. and of course morgan elsbeth is all confused there's no need to waste our resources with due respect grand admiral without pursuit we shall lose them in need of refills you're quite right of course jedi are very good at hiding they've been practicing that for years yeah. And I love that line right there where <laughs> Thrawn's like, Jedi, very good at hiding. They've been practicing that for years. It's it's just a reference to Order well, 66, essentially. Okay. This is a stretch, but on our bingo card, we got Order 66. Do you want to add that? <laughs> <clears throat> um, for me personally, I think I'm really liberal with the bingo card. Yes. Because we made it extremely hard. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know. Yeah, it's... I feel like there might not be a traditional bingo. It, it might be to the few last seconds. So if you're listening to this breakdown and you're doing the bingo card, you can win the Black Series Ahsoka Saber. Whoever chimes in with bingo first, our Jedi Council here on Star Wars Stuff Podcast agrees with it, you win that Saber. And that Saber is over, with tax and shipping, it's over $300 on Hasbro Pulse. So good luck to everyone. And all you got to do is say bingo and provide your card. Whichever way you choose, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you just got to notify us somewhere. And we'll look at the timestamps to verify who was first. However, we are getting to know our adversary. Yeah, I just, I just love Thrawn's strategy and his explanation of... And it doesn't seem very hard to understand Thrawn's tactics and his strategy for, for this for this overall war this line right here that hu yang says uh we're going to get pulverized if we stay out here much longer that's a line from leia from empire strikes back essentially that she tells han when they're flying through the asteroid field yeah and i love the aesthetic of the well-boned graveyard as as the rings i thought they really really did a great job with that and ahsoka is essentially using the force to navigate She's, yeah, she senses that Thrawn was behind the attack. Does it seem so? I love the fact that to find Sabine, she tries to commune with her via the Force. And we get back to the caravan. The crab people, the Noti, show that their actual homes, their mobile homes, they have mobile homes that they can actually move. And it looks like they're hovering over the field there. They're actually pretty uh, decent size. People can actually travel inside the mobile home. Of course, they live there, but they are small creatures. I just love the fact that Sabine is like down below in, in the quarters. And we find out later that her howler is in there as well. And I, I thought that was a really good touch. Yeah. And we get some 
conversation between Ezra and Sabine. And I thought this was interesting, too, because I know we talked about it in the post show how this was kind of just like dropped out of nowhere. But I think the line before this line, I'm still processing. I'm still trying to process everything you told me. So that tells us that they already had the discussion. Which sucks. Just kind of, yeah. yeah, off screen, which I hate that. I think we all would have loved to see that. But the Empire was defeated. Battle of Endor. The Emperor died. Question mark. That's what people say. And that's the funny line there. Because as we all know, somehow the Emperor returned. And that's kind of like a wink and a nod to the audience. And then we get that. Zeb's training recruits. So that's why he's not... Um, in this show, per se, but uh, I, I swear he needs to make a cameo in the end in some way. He like, I would love for him. I if if Ezra does get back, which I'm really hoping that he does, at the end of the show or at least Thrawn ends up getting back. I want Zeb to reunite with Hera or or someone from the Ghost Crew in mm-hmm. a way because Zeb not being here is just weird to me. It was great to see him in Man and Mandalorian, but I was so excited. I was like, "Cool, that's a hint that we're probably gonna get him, Ahsoka." And we haven't got him yet. We got yeah. one more episode, so and we all predicted he would be in the show, and we're down to the last episode. Yeah. So this Facebook user says, "Well, Hu Yang, for some reason I can't bring it up. Well, Hu Yang sacrificed himself to help the others." Uh I'm hoping not, just because of we already had him kind of die in. Uh, in the Clone Wars, and then he was rebuilt again. So I don't really want him to, you know, kind of kick the bucket just for them. I mean, because the thing about droids, and this is what happened to to IG Eleven as well, and and they brought him back in in the later seasons, is that when droids, you know, die, they can be brought back in some way. So I don't think dying and sacrificing would be like a real sacrifice because he can just be rebuilt again. Uh, So I would rather have it. If someone was going to, it would be someone that we would not really expect to die, but we would be also traumatized if they did. Because to me, if that happened, I would be like, Oh, they can just rebuild them," or they saved his memory banks on something because they also do that too. Yeah, and you can see Ezra there with the two scars from the Rebels animated show. Yeah. I thought he did a great job as Ezra. I think he crushed yeah, it. a really great job. Moses, Prince of Egypt, you know. And I like that uh, Sabine says, Ahsoka took me on as her apprentice. And then Ezra's reaction, she what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> and <then> Sabine's face, <laughs> like, what? He's <laughs> like, Ezra says, I mean, congratulations. Yeah, then Ezra tries to rationalize his uh, response there. But even Ezra is like, Sabine, the Jedi, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I I, I really love the aspect of the show that they they determined that Sabine has very, very small force sensitivity. I just want her to go back to to being a Mandalorian. I think that was the hook. Um that really kind of drew me in in rebels was oh hey you know here here's this mandalorian she is afraid of being a mandalorian but then when you go near the end of the show 
she accepts who she is. She kind of escapes her past. She moves forward and she goes hard into the way of being a Mandalorian. That was her journey in Rebels. So her trying to be a Jedi and the show just came, just kind of came out of left field for me. It was like, really? I mean, I know you trained with a Darksaber, but the Force, the whole Jedi thing was kind of the last thing that I thought that would really happen. So I'm hoping this is kind of showing the audience of being like, hey, she's, you know, great with the whole Force thing, accepting it. But her being a Mandalorian is is where her path lies. And I think that's what I would love to see at the end of the show of being like, okay, I am a Mandalorian. This is my strength. This is where my path uh, is leading me. I'm the total opposite. I want her to be a Mandalorian Jedi. I think that's super cool. I like uh, the way that they took it there. And and just mm. to like show us uh, that there's levels of like Force-sensitive beings. And she's like all the way at the very bottom. And Hu Yang detected, he's like, yeah, you barely have anything there. So, I mean, it's an uproad battle really to become a jedi and and to obtain abilities so i think that's an interesting aspect that i was not anticipating but i think it's cool hmm. right here in this scene we get the two wolves with the two of course you mentioned it colin uh the norse legend of shin and balin the two wolves that yeah chase the the sun and the moon uh dispatched by odin to uh, start ragnarok there and i thought it was interesting there that uh, the 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 howler that Shin is on is also of uh, gray or white fur, so you can maybe distinguish them for something upcoming in the future. And we sh we see that they have an alliance with the nomads here. That all happened off screen, but I think it was implied. Thrawn is here, just saying. Asagotano lies hidden in the graveyards, brings back Find her. the. Yes the uh the mothers the night mothers this is kind of what what disappointed me was in the last episode he thrawn walks up to the to the nice sisters and he's like i am in need of your dark magic can you help me and they said yes so i was like "Ooh, something sinister is gonna happen where gonna see some like dark magic tricks and stuff and then we just got kind of like a gps tracker situation of where they're like she's there and it's like oh okay i was expecting more it's cool what we got but i was expecting something more sinister this, this era feels like the rise of mandalorian jedi grogu sabine oh <laughs> uh, okay all right and I do like the fact that they show krill, these krill-like creatures, because I think many people brought up, okay, so what do the Purgle eat? And in whales, we all know, they eat krill, and they use their baleen, their long teeth that are like hairs, and they just open their mouth, and just the krill gets stuck in their, in their teeth, which is uh, the long hairs that we see. There is a lot of uh, different creatures in space that just kind of... Are just kind of hanging out there. Did you know the Sarlacc um, is kind of like the same way? Like, um, it could just kind of, kind of fly through space and until it gets to its planet. It's it. It was 
the Sarlacc and Return of the Jedi was just wandering for, you know, thousands of years. And then when it gets to Tatooine, it, it got to Tatooine during the early ages of where that planet wasn't even sand at the time. And then all of a sudden it woke up. Thousands of years went by and Tatooine was a sand planet. So. And that's information from the new certain point of view. Return of the yeah. Jedi book, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't know if that's canon really, though. That's that's the difficult thing with those. I books. mean, yeah, it sounds like it would be, except the part where the Sarlacc sounds like "Crush the Turtle" from Finding <laughs> Nemo. Stop yeah. putting people in my mouth, man! <laughs> Come on. Yeah, if you listen to Audible, certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, you can hear the Sarlacc actually uh, speak. He is uh, a vegetarian, and he didn't want to eat anyone. Yeah. He, he he just wants peace, guys. <laughs> So I love this sequence right here when Ahsoka is trying to commune, talk to Sabine via the Force. And Sabine's Force-sensitive, man. And then Ezra's like, Sabine, are you okay? It's like... You can communicate with people if you're Force-sensitive without the other person being Force-sensitive just because of... We've seen that in the Clone Wars in some way as uh, as well. So oh, it's okay. it's it's not unheard of. And again, it sounds like I'm not rooting for Sabine to not be a Jedi. It's just to me, it doesn't make sense. I think it's kind of being thrown in there just a tiny bit when her entire journey in Rebels was her accepting her heritage and and end of her going down the path of being a Mandalorian. She didn't really share any interest of being a Jedi. And I know maybe Ezra leaving maybe sparked that idea, which, again, I understand. That's also kind of changing the fact that in the show, Ezra 100% had a crush on Sabine the entire time. They flirted the entire time. So the fact that they threw in the line in the first episode of this season of, 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 of young Ezra being like, I've always thought of you as a sister. And I was like, nope. No, you didn't. That's a lie. Why on earth would you change that? So I think they're just kind of changing things here and there. Well, yeah, it just could be a lie. I mean, all the stuff that happened in Rebels might have not been retconned. And yeah, you could have that crush. But I mean, you could fall in and out of crushes really too. And maybe since he's gotten further along in his in his force training and becoming uh, the more powerful user maybe he's yeah. he's kind of adopted the whole dropping of of the relationships and material things and it kind of begs the question why didn't Sokka just contact Ezra here you know right. I mean he's like super force sensitive she wasn't 100 percent sure that Ezra was Ezra was alive or Sabine was with Ezra but then it's like could you know you're right she like she should have been able to sense him so who knows i don't know someone says on facebook reaching out to sabine using the force like stewie and blue harvest luke luke skywalker oh my god no way (laughs) yeah this is an awesome sequence this this would be cool on the big screen here look at that that's awesome I'm I'm telling you, seeing seeing episode five on on the big screen was amazing. It 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 definitely felt like a, a movie, and that's 
that's what I'm talking about is like, I love the TV shows, but Star Wars definitely belongs in the big screen. I'm just that feeling everything happening on screen, the people you're with, the audience around you. Oh, it's fantastic. And I love this line right here. It just shows more of Thrawn's tactical ability. Tano will pursue Sabine Wren, whom we have wisely sent far from here because they're uploading on that cargo, which we don't know what it is. So what could it be? Could it be corpses? Could it be like like a zombie army like we had in the Clone Wars and Jedi Survivor and no, not Jedi Survivor, more Fallen Order, but that's right. Turn your space RVs around. <laughs> Get out of here. And this is interesting too. So I wasn't expecting this. Balin basically tells Shin. To kill Sabine and Ezra. And then take your place in the coming empire. And she's kind of like freaked out. <laughs> you won't help? Your ambition drives. Yeah, your ambition drives you in one direction. And yeah, what is Balin after? Well, I know you guys talk uh, talked about him possibly be like of going down the path of him trying to be a force ghost. I think Balin saw Shin's conflict and was like, yeah, I don't want to mess with that. I've done everything that I could. You're on your own. Peace. And then I think to me, it would just make sense just because of the line that he had earlier in the show, which is where he really wanted to end the cycle of power Thrawn defeating the new Republic and, you know, the new empire, you know, starting all over again, that just doesn't fly. And Balin wants to end it. So my prediction, which is a sad one, which is where he would go and he would try and kill Thrawn and then he would get killed. So this Facebook user says Abeloth. We talked about that too yesterday. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a super powerful force being that's potentially on that planet. Um, so we get the pinpointing of Ezra Bridger via Shin's communication back to Thrawn, and we get the Night Troopers loading up in the new version of the uh, gunships that we saw from Clone Wars, and they make the exact same motor yeah. sound. And we saw them in Rebels. And then there is... So I did more digging. There is a ship that looked... The gunship looks very similar to what we... um, In The Last Jedi. It looks very similar to what we had in the Clone Wars and then in this in Rebels. But it's just... It's a tiny bit smaller and there's like a couple of small changes. So it looks like a variation of it. And I know I talked about that yesterday, but I just wanted to make sure I knew what, knew what I was talking about. Do you think Ezra taught the Noti slingshot technology? That was definitely a Ezra uh, an Ezra reference. But do you know what the first thing that popped in my head? It what? it uh, it was the dwarf Ori from the Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the. They're peaceful people. Peaceful, fun. You didn't mention. Yeah, awesome. I really like this sequence. Oh, 
And this was a uh, clip that we got from, I think, TV Guide, I think, had yeah. it first, which was yep. strange. And then it went on to Rotten Tomatoes and then other things, which was yeah. really interesting that it it, it 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 went to TV Guide first and then it went to the to the other. And yeah, uh, Ezra's just driving and Sabine's on the defensive offensive. Whoopa whoopa. And they had to turn around and, and, and save him. And then I love this too. And someone made the remark on the internet that Ezra's chainmail is made up of stormtrooper dog tags. And essentially all the stormtroopers he basically defeated. No. Once, once they got to Peridia. I don't and think that's it. No? Well, what do you think it is? I think I think that's a stretch. That now what who who came up with that theory? Uh I think it's a sound theory. Uh there's like twenty five thousand stormtroopers. He had to get through them all. And if they were sent wave after wave and he was dispatching them, I mean, he's gotta be resourceful. It's been t- he's been out there for ten years. Right. Maybe he got there and then he escaped right away. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's yeah, it's just a theory. I don't. Yeah, of the whole dog tag thing, stormtroopers really don't wear. Yeah, that's tags. what I thought too. I was like, yeah. um, right. Thank you. Yeah, because I was like, they don't wear dog tags. It's an interesting theory, but yeah, they don't wear dog tags. This Facebook user says, "Is Ezra now afraid of a lightsaber, or does he feel like a saber limits his connection to the Force?" Tim, that's a that's a great one. Um, I didn't feel very happy about him not using his lightsaber but it was classic Ezra to to rebel against normal protocol so that's why I was like oh okay I don't know if he's afraid I think yeah, I don't think any of that is what what the case is I think he's been out there for 10 years yeah without a lightsaber he's used the force he's he's more of a force user than a lightsaber wielder now even though he became a great saber wielder in Rebels Animated. Yeah. And we would have all loved to see that. That would have been terrific. But unfortunately, we didn't get that. So, yeah, there's a scene right there with the Noti and the Howler. <laughs> I love that. That's so, like, dog owner type of uh, experience there with your with your pets. Um, I also love how the Noti look like they're wearing... Um, they're wearing Hobbit outfits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and instead of buttons, it looks like teeth that they use for buttons. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty good touch there. Yeah, Ahsoka is on her way. She's about to fight. Ahsoka the White puts on her cloak. And, and I, I love guess, how she jumps out here. Yeah, and I guess we kind of did get um, James's wish because he was hoping, like, like she would kind of spring into action, like kind of jump out of somewhere, right? This this scene right here was just a mixture of a samurai fight with medieval. It was awesome. I loved it. And I also love how she was like, I don't know if I can actually be him this time. Because sometimes we get a rematch and then the person that got defeated the first time ends up, you know, winning this time. And it kind of goes back and forth. So I'm kind of glad that that she was like, yeah, I don't have time for this. And she just kind of walked away from the fight. Again, right here we get uh, Ezra battling here with the Force. Using some martial arts. 
in combination with the four. Yeah, see, see, I think she's because she's been she's been out of it for a bit, and then she's also uh, been focusing on Jedi stuff. She's kind of lost her way again of being a Mandalorian because the old Sabine would have never missed a shot. And Ezra's hair getting singed here. Yeah. That was a very different thing. I just love how he's like, gross. Oh, close. Okay. (laughs) Close. And then Sabine finally uses the green blade. I love that so much. Stopping the the saber with force. Not looking good for you. Take her now. Ugh. Yeah, I just love how he he was like, yeah, the force is the only ally I need, and then he just gets his ass like just pushed against the wall. Ugh, should have used the lightsaber, man. Yeah, Hu Yang saves the day. And this is interesting right here because Balin tells Ahsoka, you you will not win. And then Ahsoka says, perhaps. So Balin's a better lightsaber wielder than Ahsoka. It's like, man, we need to get more backstory on Balin, man. Well, you have to think. He is, he's got that Jedi training, but also he's got that balance between the dark side and the light side. Ahsoka is mainly leaning towards the light. We know that if you channel your anger and you kind of let the dark side in, you are stronger. But it comes at a cost. Right. And that's why Balin is so strong. Plus, he's just a big dude. Um, Ray, Ray Stevenson was a big dude. So you've got also that adding to it as well. So are the troopers not actually reanimated through dark? No, they are not. It's not like Maroc of where of when he got killed, like, you know, like the green kind of ghost powder kind of came out of him. Um, You have to think of when the ship crashed or how it got to the planet uh, after the events of Rebels. It wasn't just all the stormtroopers on the bridge. You had stormtroopers and Imperials probably all over that Star Destroyer. So there's no way that they're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. And this scene is very reminiscent of Attack of the Clones in live action. We see the, the troops being dropped in there. Yep. A little more rudimentary, but yeah. And Thrawn sees that Balin's not participating in the fight. And I love this right here, where Ezra stalls for time, essentially, and allows Ahsoka to swoop in. Destroy them. Wait, wait, wait. We could talk. That's classic Ezra. (laughs) I always think about the whole Marty McFly thing in Back to the Future, too. Yeah. Or we could just... Don't you want to take us as prisoners? Prisoners. And then, uh, and then here comes Ahsoka. Yeah, and look at the look on her face, like, oh, you messed up. Yep. <laughs> and then it's on. Great battle in the it field. Great, Force man. blast. Oh, this yeah, is so good. This is terrific. Yeah. See, there you go. Ugh. Okay, I almost snipped his eyes. Yeah. 
And then Thrawn makes that comment, what a rare sight, almost like the Jedi of old. Unfortunate but acceptable losses in the grand scheme of things. He's referencing losing this battle, but he's about to win the war. And that Orobesh got translated. I believe it. It's not anything revealing. It just says like a cargo load or something like that. This forsaken place. That's what it's or cargo bay or something. So yeah, as the Facebook user said, we believe it's Tim. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Tim. The stormtroopers aren't like Maroc. You shoot them down, they just keel over. And then I like the fact that Ahsoka put her hand out to Shin and gave Shin that option. But I think Shin is way too far down the dark path. Yeah. I think it's going to take something tremendous to, to sway her back to the light. I don't think she's come back anytime soon. Yeah. And she's doing a fantastic job. This actress kind of just came out of nowhere. So our friend and co-host, Ray Ray, actually wants to do... <laughs> Ray Ray. Shin, our, uh, our friend wants to do uh, a Shin costume. Yeah. And she's smiling. Yeah. Don't worry, that scolding will probably come later. <laughs> I missed this reunion. I did like that. Yeah. And then yeah, the big hug. Cause yeah, Ezra saved Ahsoka's life in the world between worlds. Yeah. From the Vader fight. And I they're not all too close. That. Yeah. Yeah, they're crazy. not all too close, but it's like hey, I mean, they're way out here in a different galaxy and Sabina essentially completed her completed her mission. Clearly I was wrong. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, but here's the question. How are they going to get back? They are back in their ship. Are they going to try and uh, chase the Star Destroyer? I think I might be going home after all. Uh, you can't he still doesn't know. <laughs> you... You can't say a line like that. It is just like in, uh, again, I know I keep bringing up the Hobbit and stuff, but it's just like in, in in the first Hobbit film of where look out to the Lonely Mountain and then Bilbo's just like, oh yeah, I think the worst is behind us. And then yeah. terrible things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of references happen. A lot yeah. of references to the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit with the Warg Riders, the big tower. Uh, that goes up into the Chimera. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of references. And Ahsoka the White appears at first light on the fifth day. <laughs> so, Samwise yeah. Gamgee, have you finished? So no, not Retro Ray, the other Ray. Yes. As Shin. We have 13 people on the podcast, so don't <laughs> worry. There will be a whole reveal of who's all in because we know it's confusing. <laughs> but yes, there are 13 of us now. Yeah. And it's directed by Geta Vasant Patel. She did a fantastic job. And she's a veteran of directing other TV shows like House of the Dragon. So Yeah. She she was great. 
Now, this episode is coming up as the... As, like, the least favorite, apparently. Really? I've heard people say this is their most favorite. Really? But, I mean, it's like, the, it's like the gambit, you know? I mean, okay. there's so many people in the world. Everyone has so many different opinions. Yeah. I, it's just one of those things. I enjoyed the episode. I don't think it was my favorite, but I think this episode <laughs> does bring up... Look like the Disney... Look at it. for your transmission on YouTube. Yeah, we got pulled off of YouTube. Oh, we did? Yeah. No. <laughs> Won't be the first or the last time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so honestly, I love this episode. I just don't think that um, it was my favorite. And it's just because of I knew this was the episode where it was definitely going to build a lot of things up and it would lead into um, into the finale. So now we're just kind of waiting and to see what happens in the finale. There's a lot of things up in the air. There's a lot of ground that they still have to cover. So much to cover. So little time. How long is the new episode going to be? Should be fairly long. If we end up getting an over hour episode, the longest episode that we've ever gotten? Uh, for Ahsoka or just in general? Because just the first episode was 57 minutes. Okay. And the second, 44. Then 37, 41. 52 for Shadow Warrior. I'm not going to lie. If I end up seeing this episode being like 37 minutes or something, I'm going to be like, are you kidding me? You <laughs> know how much ground that... No, that's crazy. Um, Don't do not do that. Leave this episode as an hour. I, I personally would leave it as an hour. I'm just saying. Uh, this Facebook user says if they aren't hitching a ride back with Thrawn, would they possibly go back to the known galaxy via way of Dathomir? As long as they don't do anything with the world between worlds, which we also talked about on yesterday's on yesterday's episode. I think I'm of the mind now where I don't care how long these episodes are. I would really love for them to be really long, but I mean, at a certain point in time, you just kind of stretch it out a little too thin. And I know they don't want to do that. And it seems like when they make these TV shows, they make it as a movie and then they have to converted into segments of tv episodes and i think that's a tough thing and it's a long form movie so they don't have to cut out a whole bunch like they like they have to do with a movie but i'm excited i've heard people say that there's going to be stuff in this next episode the last episode part eight of ahsoka that we'll be talking about for a very long time what that is i don't know maybe it introduces something new or something we've seen from other media that tells us what Balin's motivations are and we get something new and unique hopefully and something we can talk about that can hold us over until skeleton crew so uh, it looks like robert from uh, late to the party says as a reaction editor i love the shorter times but i'm biased i yeah i mean i want it to be you're right this is going to be the last kind of star wars project that we get for a while and i know when we say a while it's probably a couple of months Probably won't be until next year. But now that the writer's strike is done, we're just waiting for the actor's strike to finish. Um, but with that being done, there's a chance. And I'm and 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 I really mean a chance that we might get skeleton crew by the end of the year. Now, if that means around Christmas time. I'm fine with that. 
but we were supposed to get it in November. So, yeah, this Facebook user says I'm both fascinated to see what Balin is looking for, but also really bummed knowing we won't be getting any more Ray Stevenson. I think we all feel that way. I could totally see them recasting Balin's goal if they want to further his character. I don't want them to do that though. Yeah, if I... if the natural story calls for his end as a character on the show. I think we would all be fine with it. But if they want to continue the character, someone threw out something on the internet saying that maybe someone like a Gerard Butler could take it up. I like him as an actor. He was, he was Leonidas in 300. He's a bigger guy too. Scottish. Yeah, that would, that would be, that'd be an interesting recast, but yeah, we're totally excited for next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do the pre-show, post-show like we always do and then do a breakdown of it. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about for that one as well. Um, terrific episode. I, I give I give this episode, Dreams of Madness, high, high marks. I really loved it. All the action was exciting. The space stuff, the spaceships, everything that Thrawn said just leading up to this last episode. And man, I was thinking the other day, it's like, man, we waited, feels like we waited forever for Ahsoka. Then just in less than a week, we'll have the very last episode of hopefully what is to be the first season of Ahsoka. Hopefully they do a second season. And if not, it's just all going to lead into the Filoni movie. So either way you cut it. But uh, Robert from Late to the Party says Gerard Butler would be fantastic. Dude deserves to make a comeback in the mainstream. That would be cool. Gerard Butler is doing right now. He's probably spending his money. But uh, he probably has other ventures outside of... I think the last film he made was that film Greenland. That's the last one I can remember. But yeah, he's a fantastic actor. And apparently, off-screen and public, he's a really good guy, too. So we could... uh, Always use more of those in Star Wars. So, yeah, that is it. That is our breakdown. Anything else that uh, anyone in chat that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about before we go? Because there's a lot of stuff. I know we really haven't talked about kind of the Kiner Brothers music, but it's, it's been really solid. So good. Yeah, fantastic choice. Music. Just like in Clone Wars, just like in Rebels. I was over the moon when they announced that he was returning uh to do the music for live action which is fantastic uh and he also did the music for the bad batch as well which i thought was also awesome but the fact that he did it for the show it was very fitting just because dave filoni uh took the reins on the show this whole show has just been phenomenal um yeah and and again it really shows that dave filoni he was meant for this. This was his role that was really meant to be. George Lucas knew exactly what he was doing when he talked to him all those years ago. Just not kudos to Dave Filoni, but big kudos to George Lucas for helping him carry on his legacy. And you can also tell that that George was taking it seriously because I think he knew that he was kind of handing the keys over to someone that was going to kind of lead on what he started. So I think Dave Filoni has done a fantastic job. Yeah. That's Lucas's legacy. And Dave is keeping that flame alive. Yeah. And I keep on saying it. Who's Dave Filoni's apprentice. 
He needs to bring on someone to to teach. <laughs> Hi. But yeah, I know. You volunteers tribute. Oh yeah. But honestly, that's that's gonna be crazy. Like, how crazy will it be when there's like a bunch of shows in the future and then Dave Filoni has taken on the next Dave Filoni? Oh man. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, right now I think it's kind of hard for him to do it, so to speak, just because the live action thing is so new to him. But it feels like he's doing a great job with it. He's he's picked it up right where he left off with the animation side of the house. But I also want to remind people we do have the bingo card going. So if you mark all the spots, it's going to go to the very bitter end of episode eight. So whoever chimes in with the legitimate bingo first will win the Hasbro Black Series of Sepatano lightsaber, which is about a $300 value. And we'll ship it to wherever you are in America. We're not going to ship out of the country because that's like ultra expensive. Uh, we yes. found out. Uh, and also we have the HasLab Ghost giveaway as well. So uh, there's details for that on our Instagram and on Facebook. It's pretty simple. You just tag three people on that post. Subscribe to YouTube. And of course, subscribe to Instagram and you'll be entered to win into what uh, appears to be a huge list of people that uh, we're going to have to do uh, a random uh, picking of of that person, yeah. probably through the, the Google number picker. So, yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to here. The last episode, it's I, I think we're going to get a shocking and I, I think we're getting a cliffhanger, man. That's what it feels like. The more and more I think about it, talk about it. What do you think, Colin? I'm tired. <laughs> but, uh, I know it's really late for us. We're yeah. this. We're recording um, this at two o two a.m. right now. So yes, <laughs> I know. Got to work. This is giving me flashbacks to uh, when we had to stay up and then we <laughs> have the whole marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But all right. Um, so. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see where things go, but I'm also sad the show is the uh, season finale is coming up just because we don't know when Skeleton Crew is happening. The only actual Star Wars project that we know for sure that is going to be happening on time uh, will be the new game, Star Wars Outlaws, which is coming out in the beginning of next year. But other than that, we, we might be on... Star Wars hiatus for a bit for you know shows. Yeah, and with that, uh Ray, Retro Ray and I are gonna start covering comic books on the yeah. podcast. Tell me about that. And uh we're thinking about doing it just continuing on our Tuesday podcast, and we're gonna start with Thrawn here. So yeah. if you want to know more about Thrawn, join us for that. And for Colin, my name's David. May the force be with you.